Smarties, you're in for a real treat. Today, you're going to meet one of my former clients. And if you're new to the podcast, this is Rachel speaking, and my business is Cap Educational Therapy Group. Ari was a client of mine for a little less than two years, and during those two years, Ari quickly and seamlessly incorporated strategies we discussed in session and implemented them routinely into her life. Ari is amazing on some other levels that we'll let her share with you in this episode. Also, I knew that integrating technology into her learning was something that Ari excelled at, and she was kind enough to share some of her favorite apps with us today. As always, don't forget to listen until the end of the episode to hear some of our big takeaways about what Ari shared with us. Smarties, get ready to be impressed. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 46 of Learn Smarter, the educational therapy podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. Today on the podcast, we're really excited to welcome Ari Soklov. Ari was a client in Rachel's practice at Cap Educational Therapy Group from late 2016 to 2018. Welcome to the podcast, Ari. Thank you. I'm excited to have you on the podcast today, Ari. Ever since we started talking about doing like a client success story series, I was like, Ari's coming on. Ari's coming on. (laughs) I think that we should share that Rachel and I know a lot about each other's clients, but we don't always know the real names of our our clients. I don't want to say which school she went to because that's how I refer to her. So it's really exciting because I've known about Ari for years, but I never actually knew her name. I knew her by her nickname. And so when we started talking about this episode and Rachel told me her real name, it's like it becomes even more special to then have you on the podcast because I know about your journey and I'm really excited to share it with other people because I think other people will relate to what you've experienced and how far you've come. Yeah, most definitely. Thanks. I had a nickname for her that was similar to Milkshake Girl, but it would shout out a school in Los Angeles, and we just don't (laughs) want to go there, because I would refer to her by the school that she used to attend. And also, I will say this up front, and Ari, I actually texted this to Steph a minute ago. I was like, when I grow up, I want to be like Ari. (laughs) So Ari, why don't you share a little bit about yourself, tell us a little bit about your journey and kind of what's going on for you. Yeah, sure. So I'm 17 years old. I kind of, I guess, dropped out of high school. You didn't drop out. (laughs) (laughs) I never graduated because I got accepted to USC a year early um, through a special program that they provide that pretty much gives scholarships to kids who want to go to USC before they graduate from high school. And so currently I'm teaching computer science and business administration there. I'm also an avid app developer and I guess entrepreneur. Yes. Yes. Yes, I created this company, I guess, when I was like 13, that pretty much created apps that won awards from the U.S. Congress, South by Southwest, and Apple. And this past year, I created another company that pretty much creates this app that provides support for people with mental illnesses and also provides support for anyone with trauma by providing them peer support groups. That is very cool. And all this while leaving high school early, starting college early... Ari, how many LLCs do you have right now? 
I have one LLC and one ink. Okay. And you're how old? I'm 17. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. It's amazing. That's amazing. So now you go to USC and I have a couple of questions quickly. Number one, do you live at home or do you live on campus? I live on campus. Okay. That's very cool. I went to USC, so I appreciate that. And number two, are you happy you did it? I'm very happy I did it. I absolutely love college and just getting a chance to really study everything that I really love to do in general and getting a chance to just pursue my interests professionally. That's amazing. You're very talented. I mean, this program was the perfect program. And Ari, you have something very unusual in that you knew at a very young age kind of where your zone of genius was and what you wanted to do. And I'm, I'm a little jealous of that. It took me a little longer than just 13 years old to figure that out. So I knew how you were going to answer when Steph was like, are you happy you did it? Because this is leveling you up in a way that your last year of high school wouldn't have done for you. Yeah. And to be clear, this right now would be your last year of high school. It would be, yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So your peers are graduating in a couple of months. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Very, very, very cool. So to just talk about your journey a little bit, just some background, you went to a very rigorous private school in Los Angeles. So I would like to know what brought you to educational therapy? Yes. So pretty much I had been using educational therapy since middle school, kind of off and on, just because I have executive functioning deficit, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the right word for it. Totally the right word. Perfect. And a little bit of dyslexia. And so I've always kind of used those tools. And it was really nice because at my previous schools, educational therapy was kind of provided for me with all of my work. And um, that sort of was really nice because I would just be able to schedule appointments and it was already ingrained within the school environment. But the school that I went to, I guess, was very traditional and didn't have a lot of resources for ed therapy and kind of presented me with a lot of challenges that I hadn't necessarily faced. I guess my challenges weren't really conducive with the environment that I was like learning in, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So a lot of the tasks that I was kind of told to do and the way that my assignments are structured kind of required a lot of organization and a lot of different techniques that I didn't really know how to accommodate for. So educational therapy was really helpful because it helped me a lot with being able to organize um, putting out and being able to convey with tests and essays was really what I was thinking in an organized manner. So just educational therapy was just super helpful in providing me techniques for not only studying for midterms in a way where I wasn't studying for everything, but just studying in a more concise manner, writing essays in a way that kind of made sense to my readers. And also because I use a lot of words, I don't necessarily need to. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it was super helpful and kind of showing me a way to display my thoughts in a way that um, was really, I guess, made sense to the people who were reading them and also um, was just well-written. And then another thing that was really helpful um, with educational therapy is that I really struggled with more traditional learning just because it required a lot of reading comprehension. And I'm a very visual person, I guess. Like I learned better visually. And so one of the techniques educational therapy was really helpful with was kind of transitioning English and essay writing and reading into a visual manner. So one of my favorite exercises was visualizing words and emotions that came out of the text. And I still use that. I use a lot of these techniques still today. That was one of my favorites. 
that's fantastic. And I love that you just you just shouted out all these strategies immediately, <laughs> which which also clearly means that you keep them in the forefront. You're cognizant of what you're using. Sometimes I think, and Rach, we've talked about this a lot off the podcast about how students tend to learn the strategy and then not always use it. Mm-hmm. And what a difference it makes when you do use it. Well, Ari was unusual in that she was atypical in the Sandra case that usually walks into the practice and that she was the driving force of us working together. I think you were the one that went to your parents and asked for the support. And then every session that I had with her, Ari wrote everything down. I remember this. Yeah. Yeah. She probably has a script of everything that I've ever said. (laughs) She's over the years shared it again with me because I'm like, what did I say? And (laughs) it's documented. Uh huh. She's highly unusual in that she was very, very interested in the strategies and then would implement them, come back to session, tell me how it went, and we would make adjustments from there. And it was such a pleasure because I didn't have to do the work that we often talk about with the motivation piece. Mm-hmm. It is clear that Ari is super motivated. Yeah. The desire to do well was almost oppressive at times. Ari, is it okay if I say that? Yes. <laughs> the desire for perfectionism was significant. And, you know, sometimes the conversations that Ari would do things like she would bring in a test and and she got one or two problems wrong, and she would go to those two problems, but Rachel, what can I do so I don't get those types of problems wrong ever again? Mm. And sometimes it's just, we're human beings, right? And so that was something that we would have to talk about. We would for sure talk about what to do, and sometimes my answer would just be, okay, so you're a human. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This isn't necessarily a strategy thing or a knowledge thing. It's just sometimes under the pressure of the test, it's a lot. And the school that you were at was so language-based, Everything we were doing was really language-based. And I love that you brought up kind of what I would think of as one of the earliest goals that we really tackled for you, which was Ari's vocabulary is so strong that sometimes her writing would be difficult to read because she would use all these fanciest, like the fanciest word you could possibly come up with. Mm -hmm. I would know what she was saying, but it was also not easily digestible, right? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So giving her permission to just say exactly what you mean, don't use extra fancy words and keep it as simple as possible so that the reader can understand what you're trying to convey. I think that shifted everything for you because it took that pressure off. Right. Yeah, I just think that the main thing that really Rachel was insanely helpful with bringing to, I guess, my educational experience and the way that I approach work was just kind of this element of simplicity that like never really existed in my previous studying and um, note taking and just planning and pretty much writing process that was kind of added through educational therapy and is probably the most helpful thing that I still rely on today. There's another thing that I remember from very early on in your sessions. I took one look at your laptop. Do you remember what I said? Yeah, to organize it. (laughs) It, She had every file she had ever created on her desktop. And this is how I knew Ari was going to be like a blast to work with because she came back the next time everything was organized. We did maybe one or two sessions on calendaring, maybe. And then I don't think we really ever addressed it again because you almost immediately saw, or you don't understand, this is something, getting kids to do their calendar is something we start off every session with. I don't think I ever asked you. It wasn't, it wasn't like we were sitting in session, me saying to you, go ahead and update your calendar. 
I would never. I assumed it was outdated. (laughs) And you were coming in with, this is what we're going to work on today, Rachel, right? There was a lot of that, like of you telling me what was going to happen in the session, which was great. It was less planning for me. Less planning for you. And also really great to recognize what is hard Mm -hmm. and where you knew that you wanted to improve. Because a lot of times when kids come into educational therapy, they can tell you it's hard, but they don't know how and why. And it sounds like, Ari, you had a real grasp on what was going on a little bit deeper so that you could work a little bit quicker and deeper in getting educational therapy to propel you to where you needed to be. Because if you hadn't, it probably, you probably would have been doing educational therapy a lot longer. But it sounds like you really came in and you just took it by the reins or whatever you could make of it. And kudos to you. It's a pleasure for me. Yeah, right? for sure. Amazing. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so Ari, what were the goals that you remember that you and Rachel set together? Yes, I actually have them up. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> of course she does. I love it. This is what I'm talking about is that <laughs> I knew any question we asked, Ari would have the notes on that session. Like, yeah. <laughs> so what was something that was really helpful, I guess, was we kind of organize everything not only my academic work but also my life in general with um, goals so I kind of pulled up the only time we really I believe did real goal setting was not my first midterm but I think it was my second midterm we did some smart goals yes which was helpful um and so pretty much yeah we divided it by I guess subject and kind of made a smart goal for each Mm -hmm. um and just kind of kind of made it to adapt to that specific class um so For example, like most of them were kind of about planning and kind of uh, keeping consistent schedules. So for math, it was finishing homework a week before and using like extra time to be able to complete um, problems and study for tests. Also about planning for math, um, for chemistry, it was making quizlets when I got new materials for writing. It was uh, kind of what we talked about a little bit earlier that was super helpful was just kind of conciseness with words and to also just use that within all of my works and be um, responsible for doing those. And then Spanish was uh, completing, I guess, these activities that we did that were available online kind of consistently. And then also I did, I entered in this competition for Apple pretty much every year. So we created a plan pretty much for that throughout kind of what, what that would look like for the next couple of weeks. That's amazing. So we talked about, I'm just going to shout it out to the audience. We talked about smart goals on episode 38. So if you want to hear us chat more about that, but that, that's awesome that you were able to pull it out. (laughs) That's pretty much the only goal setting I really have, because I think mostly, as Rachel kind of said, most of the therapy I guess I received was centered around issues that I was struggling with in the moment. Right. I was pretty good at calendaring and being able to plan for stuff. So it was mostly what I really needed help with was kind of when I had that test and kind of had that one issue that or pretty much like made a slip up on something and didn't really know how to do multiple choice questions in a way that was conducive or needed help with an essay. So that was mostly where I needed the most help. Can I remind you of one other thing that I remember too was... Yes. I really didn't want you spending hours and hours and hours that you were spending studying, right? Yes, yeah. So we did a lot on 
helping you to recognize that the first step of studying was not was to assess what you knew versus what you didn't know, right? Because you would have a tendency to review everything because you were so scared you were going to miss something that you would study everything as if it was like a red alert, right? Even if it was something that you clearly knew and it wasn't that you weren't spending time on the stuff that you clearly knew, but you were able to prioritize your time towards that stuff that you weren't so sure about, right? Yes. Yeah. That was super helpful with the red light, green light, yellow light. Um, I'm just kind of being able to categorize those. Yeah. So we talk about that in episode four, creating a study plan. Yeah. The other one that was also super helpful for me was the kind of the who, what, where, when, how um, to be able to like categorize those as well. Um, Just because, yeah, I study everything and being able to kind of have a way to really narrow down what isn't important is really hard for me and having those techniques are just very helpful. Yeah. So you would probably do that primarily in history, I would imagine, and probably in English as well when you were reading. Yeah. I would love to just hear you explain the who, what, where, when, why strategy. Could you explain, like, could you give an example? Yeah. So... God, I can't remember anything that I learned in history, actually. But, <laughs> for example, when we were studying like, the presidents or like Louis, Louis III or something like that, pretty much we'd uh, kind of our topic. Actually, probably the French Revolution is a better one for this. But we kind of put that event and then say who were the main players in that and then what happened in the French Revolution and how that progressed and then why it was a thing and like the social factors that related to that. And then... Um, Oh, where it was, obviously. Yeah, France. yeah. And um, how it went down with um, pretty much, like, like stuff. Um, and pretty much what was really helpful, I guess, in my history classes and probably most history classes is that they're really good at kind of telling you what terms are going to be covered or that you're supposed to learn. And so just organizing my notes that I'd taken into that kind of diagram. And actually, I think I got, like, a notebook that had who, what, where, when, why, and how in it and I was just able to write them down when I was taking notes because I would have quizzes every single class in my history classes and in my English classes so I needed to like know the information before I pretty much got there a lot of the times in addition to having to know them for the test and just being able to organize in that way just allowed me I guess to better memorize them and recall them and also we worked on a lot with those as well like there's a lot of bullet points after them with the mnemonics, I believe, mm-hmm. the ones where you like do like a couple of words or like have it spell something to be able to remember it. Mm-hmm. And that was um, pretty much how it worked. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you for, for sharing that example. I think that that's helpful for a lot of people. All right. I'm curious. What would you tell parents about educational therapy? And what would you tell a student coming into educational therapy? What would be like your RE advice? Oh, wow. Parents. God. I just like think of my own mom and my mom is always like telling me to like worry less and to, I guess, like relax, which is not what most parents probably tell them. <laughs> it was a reversed relationship, right? <laughs> like your fear was, yeah. your fear and anxiety was very heightened yeah. and everybody around you was like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Right. Um, I think probably just, I think it was really helpful having parents that um, really understanding of everything that, that I was going through and being my mom was super resourceful and kind of reaching out to the school psychologist to get recommendations and 
was just super helpful, I guess, in kind of providing me these opportunities and everything and finding Rachel and just super helpful with that, but also made sure that it was very like self-initiated. And I know that may not work for a lot of kids, but I think having that leeway definitely helped and not being super overbearing was just always something that I appreciated about my mom and parents. Mm-hmm. And I think for kids coming into educational therapy, I think there's kind of a stigma that getting help is a weakness. Mm. And I don't think that necessarily is true at all. Educational therapy, I think, is just a smarter way to learn and to be able to organize your thoughts and uh, just be a more productive individual in general. And kind of coming in with that mindset is a really good one because with high achieving kids, you kind of have this like, idea that if you don't know something naturally like you're not smart or not able to get in good grades and that sort of stuff and I see this now even at USC because we have a lot of resources for educational therapy um, within our system and just a lot of kids don't want to go because they kind of they see it as a weakness so um, yeah I guess my advice would just be to try to overcome it because it's self-improvement and also um, to take a lot of notes because I think those were super helpful for me because I refer back to them and to just kind of assess what your weaknesses are and be really open about them. So I'm obsessed with you, Ari. That's number one, which you know. <laughs> my jaw is just like, it's my, if you, you guys can't see me, but my jaw is open <laughs> as I was listening to how eloquently you just explained and really touched on something huge and I really am grateful and thankful to you that you just put it out there as a 17 year old that it's okay to get help how amazing Ari's growth mindset is admirable yes this is why this is why I want to be like her when I grow up (laughs) (laughs) it's just unbelievable All right, thank you. And then in discussing you coming out to the podcast and doing this episode, first of all, I just want to say I've never had a student take notes in session the way that you take. I don't think I've ever had a student take notes like this. Steph, have you? No. No. I wish more students would. And oftentimes I find that I'm the one creating the Google Doc and writing down their strategies. So it's something that they can refer back to because we are building that toolbox, right? Yeah. But it can't all be up in your brain. You have to have it written somewhere so you can go back and look. And especially for you, you know, if you and I have had a conversation about something before and you know exactly where to go back and find it. And that's what it's all about. You want to be able to find what you need at the time that you want it, right? So having everything ready for future Ari Mm -hmm. is really helpful. Yeah. One of your strengths is really using technology, seamlessly integrate technology into your learning. And in fact, when we were starting the podcast, you were one of the first clients I told because I was like, I want to know what Ari knows about podcasts. And you like (laughs) talked me through it. But we asked you to kind of prepare some of your favorite strategies, and even in how you organize this, we asked you before we hit record today to kind of give us a heads up, and you just texted it to me, but you organized it thematically, which is so genius, and that's a high level of executive functioning right there in terms of you took executive functioning tasks, essentially is what I'm looking at right now, and you organized it so you could address the ones that you wanted to address. So I kind of want you to just go through. We will link all her suggestions in the show notes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. So why don't you go through and kind of explain the first theme and then which piece of technology you would integrate with that and why? So the first thing that I kind of picked out was writing papers. It's kind of something that 
I discovered really recently, kind of because I have a ton of research papers just this term, with, so Trello is kind of a collaboration tool that organizes your projects and your tasks into boards, and it does that by using cards. And so I found really recently that you could kind of use these cards using Trello for research projects. So pretty much I have a bunch of like research. So I'm researching right now kind of women and vulnerability for one of my classes. So I have the sources that have to do with... Are you reading Brene Brown? Brown? (laughs) No, no, it's on Girlhood. So it's kind of, Uh, I'm very focused on uh, Sylvia Plath's poems and kind of social media and how that integrates with that. Okay. Both Steph and I went to Brene Brown. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So yeah, so I have, I'm like all of the philosophers or theorists in one column and their sources. And then I have, and like a little description of each of them along with their citation. Same thing for primary sources or papers that are written on my topic. And then another one's on just general research of that kind of area. And then what I'm planning to do when I get to my outline, because I used to have to do this physically for my previous history classes, is kind of organize those sources into another column in Trello to be able to like plan how I'm going to actually write the paper integrate those sources into the paper. So that's something that I found this semester that's kind of a hack and really liked that. We use Trello for the podcast. I don't really understand it that much, but... Because there's a lot, it has a ton of functionality, It right? does. It really does. Yes. Yeah. We don't use all of it, but yeah. You can put like deadlines and checklists and things, but the thing that we love about it is you can drag cards between big themes and that's got to be super helpful because it's just a really modern way of cutting and pasting, right? And because you're so visual, it's not surprising to me that you'd be drawn to that. Yeah, it's really great. And then another app that I discovered really recently it's called Tiny Cards. For Sorry, this is under the studying category. And it's also kind of really great for visual learners because it does a lot in terms of what Quizlet does, but I guess kind of for free. And it also uses a lot of the resources from other uh, people. So it has it really emphasizes other people have probably made flashcards pertaining to like what you've already studied. So say if you're like learning like 50 states or something like that, you can just use that deck or you can make your own. It's really easy to integrate visuals and images within those. I really love Tiny Cards because it's really great for visual learners. And then for taking notes, I'm just an avid Evernote user. The reason why I really love it is just because it's very simple. And I think that just works for somebody who thinks like I do. Because it's just very easy to see how you can take notes and just what functionality is available. However, something I never really liked about Evernote for a really long time was that when you're taking notes for math and science, you have to use intricate equations or just anything that you can't really type out super easily or need to draw. It wasn't super helpful. But they came out with an app called Penultimate. I really love Penultimate, though, um, because it... It allows me to take notes on my iPad and be able to draw and write equations that I wouldn't be able to type out um, in a regular notebook or kind of the web application or Mac application of Evernote. And then what's really great about Penultimate is it also allows you to search your notes, your handwriting within Mm. Evernote as well. Mm. So if you write something with, if you're like a handwriter or you just end up using your handwriting for notes, you can kind of find those same topics and organize it into your notes really easily, even if you don't type it out, which is really cool. And then also it has a couple other extension apps that allow you to scan and mark up other documents, which is super helpful for organizing homework 
and other things that are kind of like papers that like my teachers give me so that I don't lose them and they're kind of still integrated within my notes. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. The next one that I really love for time management is called time. And then I guess the app's called time. And then there's kind of a colon that's defeat distraction. Um, this one's really great because I'm an avid Google Calendar user um, after the influence pretty much of Rachel. <laughs> but <laughs> what's really cool about this one is it organizes your Google Calendar, I guess, into tasks. And then when you click on the task to try to do it, it uses colors to kind of show you your progress. So it's green when you're first starting out with that task and you still have a good amount of time to complete it. And then it gets to yellow and red. So those visual cues are super helpful for me, at least when I'm having to work with productivity and kind of knowing where I'm at just as a visual individual. And then the next one for that I've really found really useful for just college in general, because you only have so much time in a day and this is probably something that Rachel probably recommends and just anyone in general, but kind of knowing your syllabus, knowing how much um, each like assignment is weighed because, you know, you've got to like put more effort in certain assignments, especially when it's crunch time or during midterms and finals. So I really use iStudies Pro, which is kind of a planner specifically made for students that tracks your schoolwork, your grades, puts in all your contacts for all your teachers is really great at just like calculating your GPA and just everything that you have. And especially for college, because you're kind of given back assignments, you don't really know where they fall under, as opposed to kind of my high school environment, where your grade was kind of calculated through their electronic systems. It's really great in helping me keep track of that. And also seeing just how much, like if a midterm or a paper is worth more, to be able to like know where I should prioritize my time. Mm. So that's been super helpful for just like keeping on top of grades and keeping that kind of part of my life organized and also just kind of having all of my teachers in one area so I don't have to kind of search up their names and emails whenever I want to contact them. So it's called iStudies Pro? Yes. This category is content, which is just apps that I found through studying and being a student that have been super helpful. Um, One of those is Converse, which is super helpful for language because it's just very easy to, well, pretty much what it does is it shows you this interface where you tap and then you just record yourself speaking in English or whatever language you speak, and then it converts it into that other language. Mm -hmm. And it shows you how it's pronounced, and it also shows you how to write it, I guess, in that language as well, which is just super helpful as like a translator in general, because I just find it way more effective than other Google Translate apps. And this was super helpful as well when I was studying Spanish and had to listen to like a lot of songs and had to learn about like movies and that sort of content because without sometimes there weren't subtitles and it was super helpful in kind of having to translate that and understand what everyone was saying. And then also another one is Wolfram Alpha, which has actually expanded a lot more than when I first started using it, but I mostly used it for math because you could just plug in kind of like any equation that you're having to solve until about like the calculus level. That's pretty much read kind of say it pretty much stops. There is some tools, but it's just not as great when you get into like linear algebra and calc three and whatnot. And so it's super helpful just because it shows you a step-by-step solution for like algebra problems and just problems in general for geometry or even calc and just tells you how to solve them if you're having trouble, I guess, like I used a lot when I was doing before tests and wasn't able to like go into my teachers and still needed to know how to solve a problem to be able to understand that. 
And then this is kind of, I guess this is one extra one, but sometimes when I'm kind of studying and kind of have a get to a stopping point or a place where I feel like I kind of just need some energy or needs to kind of like get up and exercise, I guess. You know, sometimes how when you're studying, you're kind of focusing on something and your brain gets stuck. And for me, especially, it's really helpful, I guess, being able to move to kind of get my brain re-energized and more focused on the tasks that I'm addressing. So I use a seven minute workout app that provides these really short relatively intense not really but I'm a very I like don't really work out too much um so it's pretty low key (laughs) but it just kind of gets your blood flowing and like kind of shows you like just a couple different um, like push-ups and jumping jacks and that sort of stuff to kind of get you um re-energized again and for me at least um re-concentrated on allows me to refocus on what I am um, studying I like it I just learned something did you know about tiny card stuff no I didn't either. We knew about Evernote. Yep. I got to start playing around with Defeat Distraction. Me too. That time management app that, Ari, I think you have shown me this before. Yes. Because it's it's ringing a bell. And I like that it works with Google Calendar and stuff. I think that's going to be amazing for our kids who procrastinate, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited to mess around with it. It's very cool. But this is great for our audience. And Ari, I can, are you available for every podcast we do? Because <laughs> I don't think Steph and I have ever been this quiet, but we'd love that you've coached us. <laughs> I was just taking it all in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm just going to let her go through it because this is brilliantly organized and and super helpful for our audience to hear the impact and how you've taken educational therapy and to use it to your own advantage and then also integrated all because this was fairly normal stuff for already come into a session and whatever we had talked about the previous session she goes Rachel there's an app and here's the app for it and I wasn't as diligent about taking notes of what she was sharing with me yeah so I really should have been following Ari's model on this but this is super helpful for us to kind of have all this in one place, as we always preach, put everything in one place so we know where to go to find it. For sure. So we'll definitely link all of these that we can in the show notes to this episode. So Ari, I think people, our smarties are going to be very excited about this episode because I think it was enlightening on a lot of different levels, but I want to give you the opportunity to share more of your genius. And if you're, if you're interested in learning more about Ari's apps, Ari, what should they go and do? So if you want to connect with me on social media or uh, find anything more about me, I'm at Ari Sokolov for Instagram, Twitter, anything. And um, my business is at The Trill Project. So at T-H-E-T-R-I-L-L-P-R-O-J-E-C-T. All right, Ari, thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, thank you for coming on and sharing your genius. <laughs> thank <laughs> the, you. Thank you so much, Pat. You're doing things, and we're excited to follow your journey. Yeah, we might be checking in with you at a later date, Ari, just to get the update. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> wow, Smarties. I don't know about you, but... I just sat in awe listening to the things that Ari had to share with us. And I consider myself a tech guru, but Ari really (laughs) knew a lot of things that I didn't know. And so now I need to spend some time figuring out what she uses and how I can incorporate it. Mm -hmm. But I think to start with, the biggest takeaway that I really 
had was Ari recognizing the stigma of getting help and that getting help doesn't mean you're not smart. Yeah. So many kids feel like if you don't know the answer right away and if you get called on in class, if you don't know it right away, then that somehow makes you not smart. And that isn't the case at all because clearly Ari with an LLC at 13 years old and in college a year early, she's smart. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really great to hear from a kid, and I call her a kid, but a young woman Mm -hmm. who really understands that taking some strategies and getting some help and learning how to do it just a little bit smarter would really help her in her life and being a student. I know so many parents feel like their kids probably feel the stigma, or perhaps you have feel the stigma of having your kid needing help. But just know that Ari is a perfect example of somebody who's clearly very smart and knows that getting help is worth it. Ari is really an amazing example of the diversity of students that we get to work with. Yeah, that's true. This is why educational therapy is so highly individualized, because I don't think Ari and I ever had a conversation about mindset. And obviously, over the course of this podcast, that's something that has come up again and again and again. And Ari is just unusual in that she's always had a growth mindset. From the first time that I met her to having this conversation with her just now. That's who she's been, and that's what she's been open to. She's always been open to an alternative suggestion, and she's never taken it as anything other than this is meant to help you, and she's been open to receiving it. That makes her really unusual. Mm-hmm. And it made the type of educational therapy that we experienced together, because ed therapy is a collaborative process, right? Yeah. It has to be done in conjunction with another person. It really highlights that each session of educational therapy is so individualized towards that particular student. In this episode, I talked about Ari's perfectionism. Mm-hmm. That was something that was really specific to her and her journey. And it's not something that I would address with another student who's maybe lacking a little bit in motivation or is that student who's leaving the money in the trash can, as we talked about, who's just not turning in an uh, assignment on time or isn't doing the extra credit for no reason. It was always a pleasure to work with Ari because I always got that feedback back from her that I was making an impact, which doesn't always happen. Mm. Or it doesn't always happen in every session. Sometimes they're Clients can be upset with us, right? Yeah. Oh, we yeah. tell them the truth and we're not emotionally invested the way that mom and dad are, right? It's so true. And so they have this neutral adult kind of just telling them how we see things. And Ari just was not only open to it, but deeply committed to taking it in. Mm-hmm. Ari was clearly impressive on the podcast today. And I was actually quite proud of the way she even thought about uh, the direction that I had given her in terms of sharing technology was literally as follows. Would you mind sharing some pieces of technology that you've integrated into your learning that you think might help people? And from that question, she derived six or seven different themes of areas. And this is what she would go to for this thing. And this is what she would, I did not give her any sort of framework for this. And just the fact that she could create her own framework is a mark of her growth, that she knew how to do this and to create a list 
I, I'm just very proud of her. Yeah. I feel very proud of her today. And I, I wish I could claim more credit, but this is who she walked in as. And sure, the strategies and all that stuff that I gave her that she talked about that helped, you know, that was the work that we did. But Ari was impressive from day one. Yeah. Good for her. Right? It was a pleasure to speak to her. I'm excited you got to meet her. Yeah, and just learn a little bit about her genius. So yeah. I'm glad that we recorded it and you guys got to hear it too, Smarties. Yeah, this will be a good episode when it comes out. We'll be excited about it. Yeah. All right, Smarties. As always, come hang out with us in the Facebook group. So we go live in our office hours on the first Thursday of the month. The next time we'll be going live is on Thursday, April 4th at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can find that by going to the Smarties of the Learn Smarter podcast Facebook group and come join us and hang out with us there. And if you are interested in coming on the podcast, we'd love to have a chat with you about it. So we are inviting you to reach out to us at Rachel and Steph at LearnSmarterPodcast.com. Anything else you want to add, Steph? No. Have a great week, Smarties. Have a great week, Smarties.